God bless guys and welcome to Research Podcast. Uh, Once again, in this episode, we're going to be covering a portion that we didn't get to cover uh, on the week that we did the seminar. So we missed out on a text, uh, which we're going to be covering today. Uh, So if you would turn with me to Psalms 128, we're going to be looking at this wonderful psalm very briefly as we uh, put this in the perspective of family and and so look with me to psalms 128 26 verses and the word of god says this blessed is everyone who fears the lord who walks in his ways who shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands you shall be blessed and it shall be well with you your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Amen. The pursuit of happiness is something that I believe is engraved in everyone's DNA. Everyone is in this pursuit of happiness. Everyone wants to be happy, be happy and, and find success and find purpose and be driven and, and be content. We're all searching this. We all pursue this state of mind in, in and through a variety of ways. And in the history of mankind, you think... You think man would have by now figured it out as to what it is that makes us happy. What is it that makes us content and satisfied with the way our lives are? But with every generation that rises, we've we've noticed that that they start that journey of finding contentment all over again. They go in search of this this place or this position in life where they finally find peace and joy. And we feel our lives, essentially, the the way we approach this is through gathering as much materialistic things that, that we can kind of fill our lives with. We tend to fill our lives with these things. But sooner or later, we discover that it is much more like filling our pockets with coins only to discover that we have a hole in those pockets where we constantly need to be filling those pockets again and again and again with with new things, with a different um, item, different things. And, And it's this constant filling our pockets up with this temporal happiness. And we don't just fill our lives with things that we we purchase we, we at times invest our time and our efforts in other ways like helping and being charitable. We invest our time in, in, in our jobs or in our careers or sometimes we pursue this by filling our lives with, with family and friends and you know, we create memories that we hope to draw from someday, you know, that joy and, you know, at the end of our lives where we reflect back. We consider having a full life and all these things that I've mentioned in, in and of themselves are that they're great pursuits. They're, 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 they're nice. They, they satisfy. They're not evil in themselves in any way. 
but there's this definitely a residue of joy that is left in our hearts from, from these things. And you may be wondering at this point, what does happiness has to do with this psalm? Well, the word blessed here in the Hebrew means happy. It means content. It means joy. It means peace. You know, there's no real specific word for, for this word blessed in, in, in our English language. In fact, this word here is used four times in this psalm. And so the theme is just that, this pursuit of happiness, this pursuit of blessedness. And so that's exactly what this psalm deals with in this evening. This pursuit of happiness. And essentially it is God presenting to us what will bring us this happiness. So let's read, let's get straight to it and let's read verse 1 and we'll unpack this verse by verse. It says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His way. Fear is something that we generally don't like to associate with happiness. And at, at first, our, our natural reaction would be to consider it as a mistake or that it doesn't belong with happiness at all. You know, it doesn't mix with, with joy and blessedness. And, and yet all throughout scripture, we find that these two are constantly being presented to us as being interconnected with each other. But what would fear have to do with happiness, we may wonder? Well, firstly, we must understand that this fee is not the fee we usually associate with horror or uh, this sense of, of fee for our safety, necessarily. At least it's not, not reduced to solely that. It may have an element of that. But fear in itself is an unusual sensation. It, without a doubt, has these Con connotations to a you know associated with being threatened and being put in a position of unpreparedness or unable to comprehend what is happening um, at a at any given situation and it has this element of shock and wonder and some people even love this feeling you know like where they they enjoy the thrill of experiencing that adrenaline rushing through their bodies as you know we are taken out of our element or taken out of our comfort zones and and placed in these positions of of unexpectedness where we don't know exactly what's going on and um, I'm not really in control when, and, and it becomes a bit of a rush and, and that is why people enjoy roller coasters, go to horror films and all these things. That's, that's the reason why we, we enjoy them. They like it. They like to be put in that position that is outside the common, outside the norm, something that we generally don't get to experience. It's experiencing something that isn't, that isn't ordinary. It's, it's an encounter with the extraordinary. It is, isn't having an encounter with, with the natural. It is having an encounter with this supernatural element almost. And that's essentially what we, we kind of get, you know, something that, that, that oozes out um, just power and and um and majesty and and uh, and it's being placed in a position of experiencing something greater 
I think of it when we go and uh, have a, maybe uh, I've never done this, but I imagine um, it being so, um, going at a, in a safari and having the opportunity maybe to stand only meters away from, from a lion. The sense of adrenaline that may run through you at that moment because you acknowledge the power that this beast has. And there's that sense of, of fear and respect that you experience. Uh, I, I, I get to imagine that, that that is that same sense that this scripture or, or scripture portrays for us when we think upon this word fear, when there is something greater and beyond you um, and you're in the presence of this, it, in, it instills in you this sense of fear. And if we can get this sense of fear for an animal like a lion or a tiger or what have you, I can only imagine how much more that sense should be elevated before the presence of God. Now, if, if we could relate this to a biblical story, the one that comes to mind is the story of Exodus. In that, that account, um, when the Hebrew community were experiencing things that they were just not common. It wasn't an everyday thing that, that these guys would, were experiencing in this Exodus. We can think upon the 10 plagues that occurred in Egypt where all these abnormalities were spread throughout the land and they were taken back by this experience that there were no one there to explain these occurrences other than that it was clearly from God. And going even further into the story, one can just use our, our imagination to the epic display of God's power when he parted the Red Sea and the people of God walked upon dry land as God led them to their salvation. Now, if, if anyone were able to kind of witness such a demonstration of, of power, would no doubt be placed in this position of fear or possibly a better word of, of reverence as we see the huge walls of water being kept at bay by the hand of God you know that it's God's hand in favor for you you know that it is God who's leading you into your salvation. You know that it is God saving you at this very moment. And yet, though He is saving you at this very moment, there wouldn't be a moment during that walk from shore to shore where you did not experience such a fear. I imagine the Hebrew community would have been experiencing that. This sense of awe and, and fear and, and, and trembling. This is not a normal thing. This, is a, a, this isn't a natural thing. This is a supernatural occurrence. It would have been a mixed feeling of utter wonder. Joy for their salvation, but ultimately fearful of the God who is doing these things that is not natural to man.
And so it is this sense of fear that characterizes all believers. For when we consider the God who saves us and in the manner in which he saves us is one that ought to instill in us such a fear for God, for his great power and wonder. His display of love is intense, impactful, and ought to leave us with this sense of fear. This characterizes all of us who walk in his way. And so this is what we see in this very first verse. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. Now we will return to this verse in a moment once again. But let's read verse 2. The word of God says this, And you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and you shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Now we're, we're trying to see here how God reveals to us that pursuit of, of happiness. How do we receive this, this happiness, this blessedness? What is the, the way we reach this? That's essentially what we're, we're trying to tackle here. And then we'll connect it with the family shortly. So in, in these following verses, not just two, but three and four, in these following verses, we are introduced to these ways in which we find or may find God's blessing or happiness that allows us to experience um, this joy beginning with work beginning with our labor. Something that we as humans have been quick to realize is that our vocation, our job, our, our, our career can bring us joy. It, it gives us a sense of purpose and, and a sense of direction and a sense of like we are doing something, right? Like we're, we're doing what we're called to do in a sense. And we tap into that and so we enjoy it. And it's nice to think upon holidays and, and vacations, you know, at times. But sooner or later, like once you, you've, you've traveled and, and you've had your holiday, sooner or later, we, we begin to feel that nudge to, you know what, okay, I've enjoyed my holiday, but it's time to go back to work. Time to go back to that passion that gave you this drive, that gave you this sense of purpose. And so we've tapped into that, um, into this knowledge that, when we work, there's this sense of fulfillment and there's this great joy that comes from seeing the fruit of our labor. And this is not something that we, we should reject or ignore. We, we are very much so created to work. That through the sweat of the brow, we shall earn all our necessities in life. And when it comes to providing for our families, this is something in which we can offer up to God as part of our ministry. For as we said We've said before on another occasion that our families ought to be considered as the ministry in which God has placed us in to serve. Those, these, these family members are, are the people that God has put in our lives to administer to, especially to the head of the family, the father, for he is, is given the responsibility of sharing the, the title of head over the family like Christ is the head of the church. And so this, we see here that the word 
tells us that there is joy in, in the pursuit of, of having a career or, or finding a job and, and earning an honest paycheck. You know, you work hard, you come home, you, you provide and you put food on, on, on the table. You pay your bills and, and, and you know, you, you, you do what you got to do. And there's this sense of pride that may come in, you know, when we, we put in our best efforts and, and, and we see the fruit of that labor. It's a blessing. And I want you to know that this had been established quite f- firmly and clear in Scripture. That this is the way that we shall live. We shall live our lives working to provide for our family. And this life brings great joy, great satisfaction, great sense of purpose. And this is one of the ways in which God blesses us. He says there's there's joy in this. There's, There's happiness in this life. But let's turn to the next blessing that God has given us in mankind. And so let's read verses. We'll read verse 3 to 4 just to kind of get to where we need to get to. And now he addresses here in verse 3 um, the wife. You know, so, so the, he's still speaking to the man, but he's addressing the wife here. So he says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. We read verse 4, it says, Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. This psalm is essentially a twin psalm, if you will, of, of 127. So they're interconnected, 127 with 128. And it kind of follows after what 127 establishes there in that in that psalm, he's emphasizing the blessedness that comes with having children and having a wife and being able to build a family. There's this undoubtable joy in having and finding a wife, men. You know, I mean, we'd be, we, we looked at in the seminar, Proverbs 31, just how, how much of a blessing it is to find a godly woman and, and how God blesses you through that. If, if you receive, if you're given a wife by the Lord, that that is a blessing, you know. And, and even extending that further, it, it's a blessing when we, we have a family, when, when our wife provides or, or God gives us children through the wives that, that, that He provides us. You know, because there is, there is this undoubtable joy that spreads throughout a home when there are children roaming around and playing and there's this vibrancy and joy and energy that just kind of spreads throughout the whole home. It, it permeates throughout. And you, you, you immediately sense the difference between a house filled with children and a house that is childless. There's a lot more silence, right? It, it, it may be a little less chaotic at times, but but there's definitely there's this joy that comes in into the home when there there are children around you feel it immediately and that is why the writer teaches that the world uh, should perceive children not as an obstacle 
that gets in your way, but as a means through which God allows you to experience this happiness or blessedness, that this is one of the ways that God um, shares this joy with us. Unfortunately, our society nowadays depict or present or tries to convince, and I believe has convinced, a society at large that children ought to be viewed in a negative way. And we were discussing this in book in our book club that, you know, unfortunately, they are so viewed as, in, in, a, in such a negative way that now it's legal to essentially discard them if they are an inconvenience to our lifestyle. There's this view where children and babies are viewed in this negative light that they become obstacles. They become things that just get in your way of your, your real happiness. But God, the Word of God is saying, no, that this is one of the ways in which I, I share my joy with you. Where there's this pursuit of happiness, one of the ways that you will receive this happiness is through children. The sad thing is that we, we are truly living in this society of the greatest time or period of child sacrifices. This is like the modern day Holocaust where so many children are being killed or sacrificed for, for the common God known as self because they're an inconvenience to us. So we willingly kill our own children just to gratify ourselves. But going deeper than that, we see that they are a blessing because we get to share in an aspect that God the Father has rejoiced for all eternity through His Son. And it is something that we as, as fathers get to participate in and reflect that wonderful love of the Father. And as we reflect upon our society and the way that, you know, that children are viewed, we can easily view or see how Satan is robbing man from receiving this blessing. Where he is drilled into their minds that having a career will bring the only sense of joy or happiness and fulfillment. But it is something that ought to be clear to us by now is that we are not designed to find fulfillment purely in building empires or, or building corporations and, and having an a immaculate career, that that is the legacy that we leave behind. That legacy is not money in a bank. It is not a corporation, but a lineage, a family whom you can spend yourselves leading them to Christ. That is a real legacy. Too many men and women get sucked into the corporate lifestyle, into that career mode that they give up what God has given us as a means through which we may experience or share in His happiness. These men and women who selfishly seek after their careers over their children would not think upon the empire that they have built, the successful business that they built from scratch only to have another take over and sometimes run it down to nothing. But the man who sees his family surrounding in those last moments of his, his life, when he's surrounded by his family, as he scans the room, 
one last time to see the fruit. He will see in those last moments exactly in what way all his children will impact others for the glory of God. Like when I imagine myself getting ahead of myself, so maybe if God allows me to, you know, die peacefully in my bed, I'll look around my children and all the time and all the, 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 the effort of instilling God's word into their lives and, and, and you begin to see the qualities and the characteristics of, of one's children that you know that this is how God can use my son in this way. I, 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 I see my daughter being a, a, a fearful woman of God, an example for mothers. You, know, you begin to see that that is the real legacy, that is the real blessing, that is the real joy that, that God leaves us, that can leave us, that he can leave us for, for our benefit. And not how much money you have in your account. Because in those last moments, no matter how much you have in your account, will account to nothing. But rather, these legacies that you leave behind. No, brothers, children are far from a, a setback. They are the ones who will carry along with them all that you have instilled in them for the glory of our Lord. That just like you slayed for the Lord, they too will do the same for the glory of our Savior. That is the blessing. That is the legacy that we ought to work towards. Not our careers, not our assets, not our properties, not our businesses, not our empires, none of those things will stand. This is a way through which God has put in place a, a means to provide this blessedness to us, this happiness to us. And that is why he ends this section with behold, that, that is be amazed. This is how man shall be blessed. This is how man shall receive happiness. That is the way in which we experience the joy of God that he has set before us. It is through these two things. I mean, there are others, but these are the two that he presents to us in this psalm. But it is something that is given only to those who fear the Lord. It is only to them that this promise is given. But let's read verses 5 or 6 as we bring this to an end. The word of God says this, The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Now, when we think of Zion and Jerusalem, Zion and Jerusalem plays a massive part in the Psalms um, and all the, the poetic uh, literature in Scripture. And when it came to the to the constant referring to, to Mount Zion and the city of Jerusalem, we obviously are drawn to this geographical location of these landmarks in Israel. But they don't only serve as, as a geographical pinpoint location, but they also carry this, this theological undertones as well. As Mount Zion, the mountain of God, we know is to be 
where the city of Jerusalem was built. And Jerusalem was the city in which inhabited the people of God, but, but also the temple of God, the house of God. That is where the temple resided, the temple that housed the glory of God. And so this geographical location, really what it served as was as an earthly model or representation of the heavenly reality, of the heavenly dwelling place of God. For it is from the heavenly Jerusalem, the heavenly throne of God, that flows out the blessings of God to the people. It is poured out over them. And so the call for, for a blessing from the psalmist is that it would come from the source from which all these blessings flow out from. The blessings of work and the blessings of earning an honest living. The blessing of having or finding a godly wife. The blessing of having children as a legacy. That that comes from a source. That comes from you know uh, this heavenly realm. The, the Jerusalem, the, the temple, the, the, the Mount Zion where God resides. So, so there is a source from which all these things come from. And that is the throne of God, the presence of God, the very being himself, that is God. And his prayer and supplication is that, that their prosperity, as it, being, as it has been described in the first four verses, would become a reality in the people of God. And this is what he prays for, for all the people, to find the joy in these gifts or blessings that God has placed here on earth for us to enjoy. This is what he wants for his people. And so the psalm ends with this benediction, this blessing, this pronunciation of a blessing over Israel. And we can see that this blessing not only is an individual thing, but it is also a national thing. You know, where it's, it's not just given to the individual, but it's also given to the whole nation at large. We, we see that. But also, we also can know that this blessing that we see in Psalms deals not only with, with, with the present, right? Where it says, you know, like, these children are a blessing, finding a wife is a blessing, having a job is a blessing. But it, it also looks towards the future in which he says, you know, like, let your children's children be blessed. And, and it looks towards the future that those who are diligent and strive to serve the Lord in their families will experience this blessing, this happiness, that it would become a sure thing that we will find or experience joy in our families, we'll experience joy in our jobs, we'll experience joy in, in these things that God has established for our benefit through which God flows out into this thing called blessedness or this thing called happiness. But what I want to point out to you is this reality that when we see what scripture tells us that these things are a, a means of our joy, a means of our happiness, a means of our, of our blessedness, that sometimes we don't always see it to be the case. Now, why is that? You know, all of these blessings then, what, why, why do we sometimes not experience, why, time, why is it that sometimes we, we feel like we need to constantly be filling ourselves with all these materialistic things, like they drop in, 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 
in value in our lives or, or our happiness drops in these situations sometimes. Can we say that it is because of our circumstance that we started off with changes and so therefore the result is that we no longer find them a blessing or a joy? Because God says that they are a blessing, they are a source or they are a, a means of, of finding happiness. But why do sometimes we see men leave their jobs? I mean, there are, there are obviously circumstances that, that push that. But just generally, we see sometimes just, just men just hopping from job to job to job to job. And there's no real reason. Like, everything's fine and you're good. But they just jump from one thing to another. We see husbands no longer finding happiness, not only in their roles, uh, you know, at work or whatever, but in their families too. Where wives no longer find the joy or the blessing in the task of, of child rearing, child bearing. Men lose drive for their work. Their, their wives no longer bring them this happiness. Their children uh, no longer bring them any sense of joy or, or whatever. But instead they just bring pre pressure and, and the joy is lost in these things that God says you will find joy in them. What, what may be the reason for such a falling out with these, this joy that God has promised us we will find in them? Well, the reason why we fall into and we see so often men lose interest in their jobs, men lose interest in their wives, men lose interest in their children. The reason why sometimes these things that are designed to bring us joy lose their happiness due to maybe a change of circumstance or whatever the reason may be. Why does that at times feel like that pocket filled with holes with these things? Well, the answer to that questions or to these questions are found in this very psalm. Our problem is that we tend to pursue these things in and of themselves. And there is an immediate sense of happiness when we receive them. You know, that new job we get, there's that drive and there's that sense of, of I'm earning an earnest paycheck. You know, when we get that new relationship, we're in that honeymoon stage or when we get married, you know, the birth of our children, etc., etc. We, we, we experience that joy. We, we sense it. But just like that, that you know, that pocket filled with, with holes, we, we begin to feel like, oh, I'm no longer satisfied in here. I'm no longer happy in this relationship. I'm no longer happy in this job that I'm doing. And we need to be filled again or find replacements for these things. We see men pursue new jobs, new wives, younger wife, and they get a car instead of having new children, right? They get toys. And all this stems from a lack of acknowledging that these things must find the beginning firstly from the source from which they stem from. And that is why we see the psalmist pray that these 
things come from a source and that is God, that is the Lord. And so we must return to the source first. And we see that in that first verse in which we see at the beginning that it must start with this fear of the Lord, that those who walk with the Lord walk in this fee, just as those who walked through the Red Sea, they walked in acknowledgement that God was providing this way. We must acknowledge that the source of this happiness that we are experiencing through all these blessings, such as family and work, can only have an eternal blessing or an eternal joy to them when we firstly see the person who gives them to us as our ultimate joy and blessedness. We must see the Lord as the person who grants us these things, these, these blessings, and we marvel and stand in awe of His greatness towards us. When we separate, however, the blessing from its eternal source, then there should be no wonder as to why the happiness that was grounded in the Lord, you've removed it from the Lord and you've planted it somewhere else. You've removed it from the soil of eternal joy and you've taken it out and planted it elsewhere on, on a soil that isn't good. And so it withers and dies. For all those who are in the pursuit of happiness, understand that that pursuit will always be an endless pursuit where you would constantly be pursuing happiness if you were just pursuing happiness for happiness sake. But until you connect these blessings back to its source, until you do that, you won't find fulfillment and joy in the midst of these things. When circumstances change because, because you've taken them out of its source that supplies to you the joy. These things in and of themselves will temporarily give you joy. But when circumstances cha change, they lose that joy, that sense of happiness. But when they remain grounded in, the, in that source that provides, shoots out into them or feeds into these blessings, the joy. Then you will always be rejoicing. You will always be grateful. You will always find satisfaction in what you do, in, in the families that you build, because your whole life is centered around God. So for those who... Uh, pursuing families or have families or have jobs or about to start a job or find a wife or whatever it is, what we must seek after above all is not the blessing of having a family, having a wife or having a job or becoming a father. But rather, we must seek to experience God, that He would be our source of joy and happiness in all these things that God allows us to enjoy. Our families mustn't be the blessing that we seek after, but rather acknowledge that our families are the blessings that flow out from the source that is God. Our true source, 
of happiness and joy. So when these things are grounded in God, they will not lose their value. For their value does not come from in and of themselves, but from God. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. How does God bless you? Through the fruit of your labor, through the wife that he gives you, through the children that he blesses you with. He says, behold, this is how you were blessed. But acknowledge that the joy of these things, they come from a source. And it is Zion. It is from God that these things will find its purpose, its joy, its meaning. Remove them from God then that is when you begin to see families fall apart. Unhappy husbands, unhappy fathers, unhappy wives, unhappy children. Because you've removed them from the source of joy. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word and blessing that you give to us in and through our jobs, our wives, our families. You have said that you, you bless us, you give us a sense of happiness through these things. But we acknowledge that though they bring us joy, the source of that joy is not stemming from in and of themselves, but from you. You feed into it the joy that we receive in them. And so, Father, I pray that we will always ground our families, our jobs, our, our children, always in you. That we acknowledge that you are the one that has provided them for us. And Lord, we thank you for your word and the blessing that we have here in this life. You are a wonderful, great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.